and welcome to Into the Aether. It's an extremely low-key nighttime video game podcast. My name is Brendan Bigley. <laughs> I'm Stephen Hilger. We've never revealed what time we're recording before. Yeah, um, well, I think now people can intuit that we usually record in the mornings. That's true. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Why that do we always up. record in the mornings? What? How did that happen? You asked me what time works, and I <laughs> generally lean towards the morning. I yeah. also like... I'm definitely, I, it's such, it's so corny, but I definitely am a morning person. Like I definitely like waking up and doing things before noon. That makes any sense. Yeah. I begrudgingly am a morning person as well. <laughs> I like how I just say that filled with shame. I can't just be like, I'm a morning person. It's like, I, I'm a morning person. I'm so sorry. I'm bringing this up. Thank you for listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I feel exactly the same way. I used to be extremely night person. I had like, like real people insomnia. Like I would sleep like two hours a night for like Almost all of high school and the years that would have been college. And then I got an office job. That doesn't really fly. <laughs> uh, I think so I started I, yeah. sleeping like a normal person. Now, I'm, <laughs> now I can't get up like after seven at this point. Yeah, it started with me in college because my freshman year, I, orig- I originally had later classes. Like my earliest class was like 1 p.m. And I would go to bed really late because I was a freshman in college and meeting new people. And it was so exciting. Yeah. And then, you know, it would, time would fly by and it'd be 4 a.m. Uh, but then I realized I was getting like a ton of anxiety and it wasn't working. And then I purposely chose earlier classes. And because also my first class was German. So it was a lot to like wake up and immediately be greeted like, Guten Tag, ich heiße Erk und wie geht's? Yeah, holy shit. This is a lot. My Lieblingsfarbe ist Weihnacht und Chilisch. So I have to wake up early to speak German. Mm-hmm. Um, I said my favorite color is burgundy in case you were wondering oh. uh, one also, of, one of the been... words sounded like chilies and I thought you said hello and welcome to chilies <laughs> I'm a morning person thanks to chilies grill and bar TM <laughs> TM 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 yeah. TM TM yeah so yeah so that's my history that's why I'm a morning person it's yeah. all thanks to German class and chilies <laughs> uh, well you know what else happened in college Stephen around college years was red dead redemption one came out yeah it it very much did i think was it 2011 2010 i want to say i want to say something like that um yeah but yeah i did you play the first one did we talk about this i did a little bit yeah i i it's been like i played it when it first came out um and that was a game at, at the time in college i lived with six other people in like an off-campus house and there were often times where one game would be so popular that at one point in time, everyone in the house is playing the same game, like in different rooms. Mm-hmm. It's kind of disturbing, but that happened with Skyrim, like hardcore when that first came out. And that happened with Red Dead. Um, surprisingly, because like we've often said on this podcast, I'm not like a huge GTA fan, really. Yeah. Um, like I've enjoyed them in passing, but I've, I've never owned them. And uh, I think I liked Red Dead one because it, at the time, it was a pretty far departure from their formula. It still had what makes Grand Theft Auto feel like Grand Theft Auto. Like, there was a lot of ironic, postmodern, like, witty jokes and, yeah. um, you know, a lot of violence. And, and you could kind of treat it like a Western sandbox. Um, but it felt like a cool step for Rockstar because it had a lot, it had a much more grounded story. And you actually cared about what was happening which I never really felt in GTA before. Right. It was just like a total cartoon. Um, yeah. I remember, I remember playing the first, I think the first one is maybe the only, only Rockstar game that I ever finished. And I technically didn't even finish it. I played through most of it and then watched one of my roommates finish the rest of it. <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 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 I was like, why are you playing someone else? Oh. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Spoilers for like, Red Dead Redemption 1. Yeah. <laughs> Spoilers Red Dead Redemption 1. Um, but you talked a little bit about 2 last week, two weeks ago. Uh, you, you mentioned that you had picked it up and you'd played like maybe an hour or two of it at that point. Yeah, I, I had just come back from seeing the remake of Suspiria and I played Red right. Dead 2 and I was very tired. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, so I, I, I went into this game. This, this is the first game I purchased in a while that I purchased solely because of the hype around it. Yeah. Um, like no, I've purchased plenty of games that have had hype around it, but usually I also am part of the hype. Like I am also excited for it. Right. Um, so this game, I, I kind of felt almost peer pressured to buy just because I had heard so many like glowing things about it. Mm-hmm. And I have to say now that I am, you know, 
a handful of more hours in. I'm still not super deep into it. I mean, it's very hard to be deep into this game because it's just a giant 100 gig behemoth of like stuff to do. Yeah. Um, but now that I've given it more time, I can I can safely say it's it's fantastic. I'm really enjoying it, and I'm and I'm surprised about that. And it's a game that surprises you with the elements that you may find enjoyable. I know it's kind of a convoluted sentence, but it's not what I expected it to be, really. Um, this is, if, if we consider Red Dead 1 a departure from Rockstar's normal formula, this is like, this feels like a different creative team. I mean, it has a lot of the things you would expect Rockstar to do really well. The voice acting is impeccable. It's really, really good. Um, the writing is great. It's really funny. This is the most I've laughed at a game in a long time. Um, some of those situations come organically, like you'll be riding on a horse and, you know, you'll say hi to someone. And they're like, I just said hi to you. And they'll keep running. <laughs> like, and that's actually the moment that I realized like, oh, wow, the the NPC conversation data going on here is very deep. Yeah. Um, it's not just like you can say hi a million times. Like If you say hi to someone three times, they're going to be like, what? do you want like leave me alone i love that um which is really cool do you have specific things that you can say to npcs as you're passing by them on a horse so yeah i'll I'll break it down gameplay wise so if you're passing someone on a horse i just want to know horse dialogue options that's the only thing i'm interested in (laughs) you can make your guy speak like a horse he just passes (laughs) people it was like um uh you can it's limited to greet antagonize call out um, and then if things are heated, you can diffuse or further antagonize. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, and that is situation by situation that can be very different. So like I did one where, uh, it was actually part of like a sub quest. This guy was like saying how he is this like legendary treasure hunter and he was going to sell me a map for 10 bucks. And I kept asking him for it to, to be cheaper and I was broke. So <laughs> I antagonized him. I was like, you think I was born yesterday? And then he like you know, like ran off and then I tried to defuse it. He's like, Oh, come on. I was just messing with you. So there's some like really organic moments that happen from the dialogue that I really think people like Bioware or, or Bethesda could really borrow elements from. Cause I feel like this is what I was supposed to feel in a lot of like Mass Effect games and Skyrim mm. where the world feels very lived in. Yeah. And I think in that sense, Red Dead 2 is probably the best example so far of a giant open world where at least in conversation and people recognizing you for your actions, it comes pretty close to like what people have been working towards in sort of the, the open world genre, if you want to consider it a genre. Um, And that's, I think if I had to boil it down to one word, what is the difference between red dead two and red dead run? Excuse me. Red dead run. Uh, It's like a good temple run. run. Yeah. (laughs) It's the mobile spinoff of Red Dead, yeah. Um, (laughs) Red Dead 1 and the GTA games are sandboxes. This Mm -hmm. game is an open world RPG. Interesting. That's that's how I would classify them. And yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot to talk about. So I'm kind of struggling, much like I do when I'm playing the game, I'm struggling what to really point out and what to do with yeah. us talking about it okay so um, I'll, I'll i'll hit you with a question then because maybe sure. that'll that'll help so one of the things that i keep seeing people talk about a lot is uh the pace of the game how it is like significantly slower um and how your actions or the amount of things that are now tied to actions that you as the player have to actually engage with just the fact that uh it takes an incredibly long time to get anywhere and it takes an incredibly long time to really do anything do you do you find that enjoyable? Do you find that that's even the case, having played it? That's a great question. Um, and I think that actually speaks to both the game's strengths and weaknesses. Um, I think the, the thing I kept thinking about while playing it, um, I don't know if you've ever read uh, or, or played um, D&D 5th edition. I have, But yeah. in, in the preface of either the handbook or the Dungeon Master's Guide, it's basically the authors of the book saying, hey, Use these rules how they age your campaign. Like, don't feel bound by the rules, but yeah. use them to enhance the experience that your players want from your game. Um, and that's, uh, you know, as, as someone who likes D&D, I always kind of follow that philosophy of like, okay, maybe in this campaign, food isn't a factor. Like, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're playing a very, like, high fantasy mystical thing, I'm not worried about what root vegetables you have on your parcel at this moment, you uh-huh. know? 
Um, so with Red Dead, I think that some of the elements and some of the rules, if you will, work really well. I actually love that fast travel is a luxury gained later because one, the scenery is just beautiful. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful game. Mm. Once you get out of the snow and the first couple hours you're stuck in the snow, I don't know why the beginning of this game is, is kind of a misstep, honestly, like it's there to teach you stuff, but like they should really get the action started sooner because I mean, speaking from experience i was playing and i was like okay what's the big deal like i'm stuck in the snow i can't move i can't i have to eat beans to stay warm it sucks this is not fun um and i am i am i play a ton of rpgs i am conditioned to know that the first hour is going to be chores and until my home village burns down the action is not going to start like i just know i i i I, i'm set up to know that the first hour is going to be a slog and i still felt like the first hour or so was a chore um but so I think in, in the case of travel, I think it's great because it really does give you a sense of scale of the world and it gives you a sense of adventure. And this is subjective. I could see someone saying that this is kind of tedious, that you have to like get on your horse and, and clean your horse and and simply travel by horse anywhere. You have to um, clean your horse. You do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of the things just to kind of monitor. That's I think the cleaning should go. Like I think I understand (laughs) stamina and food and all that, but like cleaning my. As soon as I learned that I had to clean my gun, I was like, this is too much. This is these are too many rules. Like, I I feel like I I like everything else, but the cleaning is like the one thing that I wish was not in the game. Anyway, I do love the act of brushing the horse and hearing him go like, "You're okay, boy." (laughs) (laughs) But you know, that's just sort of my cowboy ASMR before I go to sleep. I Um, thought you were saying that the horse was saying that to you, which is (laughs) yeah, that's sort of the fever dream I get after playing this game. (laughs) You're all right, Stephen. That was just a game. Don't worry, you ain't watered in these parts. That this is a nightmare. Um, so. Going back to the sort of the traveling by horse, I personally like those little quiet moments in an adventure game like this. That's why I love the sailing and Wind Waker. Um, And that's really subjective because that's another thing that people kind of critique that game for. But I don't know, something about those little moments where nothing is happening and it's just the score and you steadily progressing to the next objective and the scenery being what it is, it it makes it, it immerses me in the sense of adventure. Um, although it's weird to say that about this game because there is no adventure. The game makes it very clear there's no glory to be found. There's nothing for you. Mm. Like it's and we could get to that more too in terms of talking about the story and like the theme of the game and all that. Yeah. Um so I would say in short, horse travel I like because I love those kind of quiet moments. Um that's actually where the game clicked for me because I wasn't really enjoying it. And then there's a moment where you're on a wagon. With some of your allies heading heading to your camp, which serves as like your home base for the remainder of the game, and and like Breath of the Wild, the score kind of reacts to the the mood of the moments. So as I'm in this wagon heading to camp, there's just like every so often like a twang of the guitar, and it's like very peaceful and mm. and and that's where it clicked for me. I'm like this is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, and sad and empty and and that's the theme i get from the game and that's the game doesn't stay true to this always um i'm not alone in in pointing out that the game is a bit scattered thematically um but the overarching theme of just like the dreams and and hopes and misguided sense of glory that this gang has is, is non-existent they're they're reaching for something that doesn't exist and your main character arthur morgan is like the most vacant protagonist i've ever seen in my life but it's interesting because of that like he doesn't seem to take any any pleasure in doing crime or doing good deeds like everything he does is kind of pointless um and Mm. the game kind of points that out every now and then it's I'm, i'm struggling to put it into words but there's a scene that stuck out to me at camp where I just decided to say hi to someone there and we were talking. I forgot her name. Um, I'm still remembering all the characters' names, but she was like, like, is everything okay, Arthur? And he's like, there's nothing out. There's nothing here for us. I keep killing animals for no reason. And 
she's like, well, you're one of the few people here that like realizes how lost you are. And he goes, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? And gets up. And it's just like, I feel like it's almost a commentary on the rock star protagonist being this like vessel for chaos. Yeah. Where suddenly you're in a world where, and, 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 you know, I'll get to this point too, where like, if you want to play this game like GTA, you are out of luck because like even being caught doing the, you know, getting caught doing anything in this game, uh, being wanted is like your worst nightmare. You do not simply have the resources or stamina or anything to get away from people pursuing you. And even outside of the law, there are already like, there's the rival gang, the O'Driscolls that are hunting you throughout the game. So, I mean, sometimes it is in your best interest to rob because you might be short on cash and there really isn't much out there. So you might just need his silver, you know, watch to sell. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's where some of the rules lead to sort sort of interesting organic experiences where like, okay, because I have to keep an eye on my stamina and my health and my money and the camp's resources as well, I'm incentivized to do things that maybe I wouldn't do as a player. Like maybe... I do have to cut my losses and try to rob this person, or maybe uh, I take the next mission. Um, I will say I cannot forgive this game for doing this to me. I went to a new town, excited it's a new place, and I realized that I had a ten dollar bounty there. So, and that's a that's a decent amount of money in this game. So I sold a lot of my stuff to pay off my bounty, and then the next story mission resulted in me being wanted, dead or alive because of the mission involved. Oh my I, was, God. I can't believe I just sold everything. Honestly, my one thing, the one thing I care about in this game is my horse. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about anyone else. I just want to make sure my horse gets out. Okay. Maureen, my horse. And that's another interesting thing too, is that when you die, it just says dead, like in red font. And then it cuts to like the sky and it, and it has a like sort of a surreal kind of like string instrument playing. And it says your horse is okay though. <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then you like wake up sleeping on a rock and you lose like a bit of your money so there isn't really a huge penalty for dying which is interesting hmm. but it adds that kind of like that sort of existential like cloud hanging over this game where it's like does arthur morgan want anything does what he is does like do his actions really matter yeah um and it's interesting i'm, I'm very curious where the story will go like, again it does feel a little scattered You'll do some missions that harken back to the to the vibe of the first Red Dead, which just felt like a tried and true Western story. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was great. It was great at emulating that. Um, this game, I'm not sure what the what the what the story is going to lead to, but I can't shake that feeling of like of uh, I guess the phrase would be like existential dread. It just it just hangs over the whole game. And I think that that's what's interesting about it. I don't know if that's what I go to it wanting, but it's what I've received playing it. Yeah. That makes sense. It was interesting when Red Dead 1 came out because everyone was saying, oh, okay, so it's the Wild West. Like that feels so up the alley of Rockstar and what Rockstar is good at, you know, because of the the absolute chaos and mayhem of of GTA, especially after GTA 4, which was I think the first one to have online, uh, which was like just a lot to handle um so it was like oh yeah of course like they're, they're just gonna do like you know chaos out in the west in a, in a time period where that was the the ball game essentially and it sounds like this game strangely enough is about like coping with that ending like that period of time like kind of fading away and like how, did, how are these people who were kind of born and raised in that environment dealing with it and it sounds like arthur's not that's like his answer is just like not dealing with it. He's just kind of existing. And that's as much as he's willing to put in effort wise. Yeah, that's that's you've found exactly the right words for kind of the read I had on this game. And it's also kind of added uh, that that existential dread, that feeling of like we don't have a purpose here is is exacerbated by the fact that we know what happens. We know what happens to this gang in, in right. the next game in the first game. Um, because, you know, Dutch is the leader of this gang and he has this sort of tenacious plan for the group. He's like, once we make enough money, we'll head out and we'll be free. And it's like, you just mm -hmm. know it's not going to happen. Like, yeah, because he's the he's the antagonist of the first game. Um, 
there's a lot of new characters uh, that weren't in the first game um, that I that I like. I can't say I'm super immersed in the story or characters really, but I'm very immersed and impressed by moments along the way. Um, mm. I think this game is because you know, in an open world game, we we tend to talk about it like, oh, do you do the main story? Do you do all the side quests? Um, I don't really know if I have an answer for this game. I think you just sort of float around and see what happens you know because mm. i think that there's plenty to find exploring and, and talking to people there's plenty of of enjoyment to be had just hunting and playing cards with people i've i've had a blast playing texas hold'em um, that's awesome and uh mm. yeah it's just i think what i'm most impressed by is that attention to detail of you know if i say hi to a guy three times in a row he's like what what is wrong with you <laughs> stop <laughs> saying hi to me and also little things like um if you use uh, the the mechanic in the first game where you slow down time and get a bunch of shots in, um, that like I think it makes your eyes red or something. But smoking cigarettes will will calm that. But you know if you've just come out of combat, people will be like, "Are you okay, Mister?" Like you look kind of you know fierce. Oh, um, interesting. Or like if you're hunting and you throw a deer carcass over your shoulder, you have to carry it to your horse and throw it over your horse and bring it back to camp. But your shirt will have like blood on it where the deer was and people will talk to you differently because they're like, this guy has blood all over his plaid shirt. Oh my God. <laughs> Another thing I, I can't believe I almost forgot to bring up is um, there is a very intense attention detail on shaving in this game. Uh, you can okay. shave discrete parts of your face and let other parts grow out. So there's mustache, mutton chops, and chin. Um, they grow out over time uh -huh. so what i've been doing is just trying to grow the biggest mustache i can so whenever <laughs> i'm back at camp i shave my chin and my sideburns and i just have this incredible i i liked arthur morgan a lot more once i gave him a mustache um, how big can the mustache get right now i'm at what they consider a five which i find kind of insulting but okay out of um, what ten so i think I think there's literally a story mission involved to like justify my mustache getting any bigger, which I can't like, I don't know what the, the invisible wall I have to break through is to get like a, like forgotten president waxed mustache. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. So yeah, I, I, um, you know, when I first talked about this game, I, I hope I didn't sound too negative. I just like, I was kind of genuinely curious, like, is this for me? Like, am I going to enjoy this? Like, I, I want to, because everyone seems so into it. And I am. I, I really am. But I think it's it's not a game that I... Like, there are some games, like a, like a Skyrim or um, other open world games like that, that I can just sink a bunch of time into. And I can have a varied experience, but it, it feels like I'm just sort of like immersed in living in the world this game always kind of keeps me on my toes like i never really know if i can relax playing this game mm. um and that's interesting though uh it's a it's a much weirder experience than i was going than i was going in expecting yeah um how long so, you, would you estimate you played at this point i probably put in like eight hours at this point mm. i yeah. almost said that with a cowboy twang i was like i reckon eight hours <laughs> um I'm, yeah, I'm still I, iffy about picking it up. I'm not 100% sure about it. You're definitely kind of convincing me a little bit more, though, at this point. But I don't know. I was going to say, I'll wait till it goes on sale, but it will never go on sale because GTA 5 is still $60. Yeah, I would recommend it. I definitely think it's a game that kind of demands a bit of time and patience to really get going. Yeah. Um, and whether or not, like... I think what you consider get going is subjective to your experience playing it. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I, I, I had those kind of organic moments of the NPCs. And then there's a story mission where you get drunk with one of your friends at a bar and that like quickly turns into a being John Malkovich type scenario that I, that I could not get enough of. It was How? fantastic. In what way? Um, <laughs> I want you to experience it, but basically you're getting drunk with your friend Lenny and he keeps going missing and you're playing as Arthur as you get progressively drunker and drunker. So like the perspective is, is all like dizzy and stuff. Yeah. And then suddenly everyone starts to look like Lenny. Um, uh, and then great. it like jump cuts to you and Lenny, like slapping each other. And then it's like, you're such a good friend of me, Arthur. And then <laughs> what's probably, I'll call it out. Cause I think at this point, a lot of people have seen it. 
the greatest jump cut. Uh, our friend Don said this: the greatest jump cut in video game history. You and Lenny are at the bar. These cowboys come up and they're like getting in your face, and it's like, "How do you want to settle this, partner?" And then it cuts to them just doing a, a line dance, kicking, um, like right <laughs> away. It is so funny, and that's what I like about this game: is the moments of humor come very organically. I feel like a lot of the the comedy in GTA games came from like sort of like being self-aware and postmodern, you know? Yeah. Um, and sometimes it kind of came off a little like just sort of like, I think you can only be so self-aware to the point of you're like, okay, well, what's your actual intention here? Like, I know you're winking and nodding at the audience constantly, but like, what are you trying to say? Right. Um, and I still don't really know what this game is trying to say. Not that it needs to have any kind of message, but it's just so weird. And I, and I am really enjoying it. I I'm surprised. I'm enjoying it a lot more than I expected. Um, it weirdly sounds not to get too heady about it, but I mean, just based on what you're saying, it weirdly sounds like this game is actually accomplishing being self-aware in terms of like reflecting on the history of of uh, Rockstar games, kind of like how God of War, like the most recent God of War, which I know you haven't played yet. But when you do like that game is about Kratos kind of reconciling with his own actions in the first couple of games, it sounds like weirdly this game is about a bunch of characters that are trying to cope with the fact that they can't experience like a gta 5 like shoot a rocket launcher off the empire state building kind of situation yeah yeah it's there is that kind of meta but i feel like it it feels real from the characters you know like and i think that that's why it's successful because it has that kind of nuance to it where you could read it as just simply you know cowboys realizing that like law is moving farther farther west and they can't keep living like idiots you know yeah. like they can't keep just like, i mean it's hard to have any empathy when arthur's like i'm you know can't rob a bank no more can't you know it's like right yeah are, you know are we supposed to feel bad but it's interesting it's very interesting um yeah so i i would think i would say i think you would enjoy this game i still think it's not like i definitely think it's one of the best games to come out like there's been a lot of good games this year just the just the the technical effort involved and like i know there's a lot to be said about the hours spent working on this game and 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 the sort of the, the practices that went behind it but at the end of the day it's like the work that has been done is is remarkable it's just like it's hard not to marvel at the craftsmanship here um i still think just subjectively it's not a game that like is my favorite just because you know like i i don't really seek this kind of game out but i'm surprised at how much i'm enjoying it so that's yeah. where i'm at yeah here's a question for you so yeah. red dead 2 online is a thing that is in the pipeline like they're planning on doing the gta 5 online thing with red dead from what i'm hearing it sounds like that is going to be harder to pull off in this game and almost maybe even goes against the thesis statement of the game itself. Thoughts. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't really see it working. I feel like it's going to be not to, not to (laughs) kick the horse while it's down, so to speak, but like, I feel like it will be a fallout 76 type scenario where Mm. it's just like to, I mean, I haven't played that game to be fair, but it just seems like let's do online because that's, what's happening, you know? Yeah. That's like what is expected of us. Um, I could see it being fun, and I think making your own character is appealing to me, but yeah, I don't really see myself wanting to go against other human players in the Wild West, like in any way. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the experience I'm looking for. Yeah. But I'm also not a big, like, I, I seldom play multiplayer games, except for, like, Splatoon, um, Overwatch back in the day, some fighting games here and there, but, like, I don't really seek out kind of a multiplayer experience that uh, online um so yeah interesting Who knows? we'll see we'll see if it, it we'll see if it works yeah i don't know maybe they'll put helicopters in <laughs> i could see like conceptually it being very fun but yeah <laughs> how did i just like miss that yeah so red dead 2 i would recommend it to you i think you would enjoy it a lot okay all right all right should we take a break? <laughs> yeah, let's take a break. I'm running out of steam. Yes. Goodbye. Goodbye. And we're back. 
from the break and talking about a game that is called Near Automata, and Steven has been playing it. <laughs> I was trying to cut in as a horse during that song. I couldn't find a place. That's right, <laughs> partner. <laughs> oh, that's awful. Um, yeah, I've been playing Near Automata. Got the, we, we, we talk about, you know, we don't really go into any episode with, with thematic glue in mind. But just the left turn my brain had to take after Red Dead 2 to Nier Automata like made me a little dizzy for a <laughs> yeah, second. Absolutely. Um Nier Automata is a game that came out last year, produced by Square Enix. It is a action RPG, I guess is the very broad label you can give it. Yeah. Um, but it kinda it 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 kind of dips its toes in a lot of different genres. Um, I'll just say off the bat, I'm loving this game. I really, really like it. Um Yeah, it's extremely another good. game. Another game that I kind of this was definitely more on my radar um just because like i obviously follow square pretty closely um i had heard great things about it um i didn't pick it up for whatever reason it was on sale a bargain came my way oh uh i I keep fighting the urge to talk as a horse i'm so sorry (laughs) no i think you should just lean into it just talk as a horse as much as you want why not uh lean into it chase your Um, bliss so I picked it up and I don't even know how many hours in I'm pretty far into the story. It feels, I feel like mm-hmm. I just got over like the second act basically. Yeah. Um, but you play the loose story is humans have gone to the moon because earth was overtaken by machines that have been allegedly created by aliens and humans have created <laughs> androids in their image to combat the machines. Yeah. Um, and you play as an android named 2B, who, very cleverly named 2B, gotcha, see what you're doing there, mm-hmm. uh, who is like, no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, elite soldier, cloud strife, love it, I love it. Um, yep. And your sidekick is 9S, who's ca- like, kind of like, come on, let's have, e- let's have nicknames, let's, let's take a nap. Yeah. Uh, I really like him, too. Honestly. Yeah. It's like what you're talking about, I think, last week or two weeks ago with maybe Persona. I don't even remember what game it was. Just like the begrudging best friend character. Yeah. It's, that's my favorite archetype. And, and yeah. I have to say, as, as straightforward and as kind of on the nose as some of the names and dialogue can be, like it does feel pretty grounded for this kind of game. I went into this game kind of expecting like an eight hour cutscene and to do chores for the first hour, like every RPG. Mm-hmm. And the opening of this game is, is awesome. It starts off kind of like a Galaga esque shooter yeah. in like your mech and the ships around you are all being taken out one by one. It's really sad. Cause you hear them like screaming when they're, when they're taken out. Yeah. It's brutal. Um, and only you are left. And then suddenly the action changes and it's a hack and slash RPG kind of, a, or action RPG. Not too dissimilar, I would say, from like Bayonetta. I feel like I got very strong Bayonetta vibes. Yeah, early definitely. On. Um, especially with like just how stylized everything is. Like Bayonetta meets Metal Gear, like right away. I was like, okay, sign me mm-hmm. up. Yeah, so the intro just shows you like the game does a very clever thing of them just changing the perspective of the camera suddenly changes the genre of the game. So like when it's top down, it becomes kind of like a retro arcade shooter. And then when it gives you free roaming, it becomes a bullet hell. And then you're on the ground, but the attacks don't look any different. So even though like this could feel very jarring, jarring, it feels so smooth transitioning between the the perspectives. I think that's a brilliant way to change up the gameplay style. Yeah. So often, like you see the characters draw their sword and then the video kind of like does a fade in and then you're in the fight, be it turn based or real time. This game, like, rarely takes the action away from you and it it super pays off that's that's really what i'm most impressed by gameplay wise um and i have to say another kind of expectation i went into this game with it's it's robot stuff so you know i'm i'm fairly well versed with robot stories i kind of expected it's robot stuff uh this week on robot stuff Uh, you know, you, you kind of know what to expect of certain themes and all that. And, and it does. And I and I wasn't judging it for that. I just was sort of like, OK, like I'm pleasantly going along for the beats here. Yeah, I was so like thrilled uh, and not in a way of like me, like sitting there judging the game like I was enjoying it. But the left turn the narrative takes is so like that was the minute I was like, this game rules. There's a moment that happens that maybe I'll spoil because it's just like. I haven't seen 
a, a piece of media get this weird with uh, within the sci-fi genre and have it pay off in a long time probably since i saw annihilation i haven't had that like eerie feeling mm. in my heart and brain that like a really good sci-fi uh, piece of art can accomplish yeah it's the moments it's not it's not super late in the story so i guess i'll get into it um well before you do that how many have okay. you seen any endings yet <laughs> i've seen two endings uh so that's another thing to get into there there's a there's an ending for every letter of the alphabet that's yeah. all i know yep. um and in one save file you can it actually keeps track of like what endings you've received so i have unlocked the k and t endings what does mm-hmm. that mean Stephen? well partner i'll saddle up and i'll tell you Mm-hmm. It's a long story, though. Might want to open a can of beans. See, the K ending came from when I met a rascal in the desert named Jackass. Jackass pinged me in my private messages on the mothership. Said she had a new kind of mackerel she wanted me tasting, being an android and all. So, do what I was told to do. Get down there, Jackass hands me the fish, and lo and behold, it ain't fit for android tasting. Should I keep going, or should I stop? I think it's great. Anyway, after eating the fish jackass gave to me, my short-circuited and died. But there is a funny moment where, uh, and that's the tale of the android fish. He didn't know a day or two without a fish, but we never forgot him and we never did say jackass gave him the fish that day. That's a harmonica. Yeah. Wow. I'm, that, I'm Thank sick. you for that. <clears throat> Whatever. Uh, so... There is an ending where you eat a fish and you die. And but the last like <laughs> bit of dialogue is like I could see why humans like that. And then it just fast forwards to credits. So it's kind of like a joke ending. Yeah. The other one that I discovered because it was too tempted not to and they probably know this. Your skill system, the way this works in this game is Yes. I, I love it. Yeah, you you're this one's awesome. Too. So you have chips installed in your in your Android body. A lot of them are there by default. Um, you can also find chips that you can put in that like boost your attack and defense. I love the menu of this game. Like it's a very clean, oh, it's very gorgeous. like you know, it's a gorgeous menu, and you could see how much space each chips in like your circuit is taking. It looks like you know, if you're looking at the RAM of your computer and how it's like you know, yep. divided up into types of info. So there's one chip that's in you called uh, I think it's like the OS chip. And it says, like, this is your nervous system. Removal causes death. Yeah. And if you just remove it, you short circuit. And it's like, don't do that next time. And you get the credits rolling. So, so far, canonically, those are my two endings, sadly. Mm. Eating a fish and dying or removing my chip. As I call it, fish and chips. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, (laughs) that was great. Partner, I ain't known for telling jokes. But I do tell you this. Don't try the mackerel. Um, Okay. (laughs) I will say real quick, there's one, the one thing I really solidly dislike about Nier Automata, which like, I don't normally come to the show with, with, with harsh criticism, but I, I, I feel like it's well deserved at this point. They do a Dark Souls thing where when you die, your body stays where you died. And if you go back, you can retrieve it. What you lose though, are your chips, which is like, I've yet to run into a circumstance where I have lost my chips because I've been able to retrieve it, but it just seems like too big of a loss for a game that's like fairly difficult. You know, like Hollow Knight or Dark Souls, you're losing what is essentially currency unspent. It's sort of like the whole game you're riding. It's easy enough to get back. Yeah. Yeah, and it's easy enough to get back, and you're riding the risk of like, you know, do I hang on to it? Is it a bigger, is it worth the investment of going back to camp or not? Um, but this is like the equivalent would be like if you died in Dark Souls and you lost your weapons or you lost like <laughs> yeah, your, exactly. your stats. So I think that that's kind of too too much. Um, again, it hasn't happened to me yet, but there was a boss that I was up against that if I didn't have I had ship, I had run out of healing items and I was at a point like halfway through a very tense encounter where there were no shops nearby. And this is a boss that could like one shot me without any kind of buffs going on yeah so i had ships installed that would slowly regenerate my health and without that i i would have been able to i think you can change the difficulty to easy as you're playing so there is like a workaround but it still just feels like even when it's not working against you it just feels kind of tedious right um you can find other players bodies and pray for them and either retrieve them which gives you like some gold and and some temporary stat boosts or you can repair them 
and they become like a temporary ally. They have never helped me. I've no, no, they're so just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they like run right into it and they get like one shot. It's so it, it it feels like a cool idea, especially given the the themes of the game. Um, but I don't think it really helps the experience. That being said, the core experience is awesome, and the story is just. I, I, I've I've sank so much time in this game already because I'm just so invested. Like, yeah. I was a little worried when you first met the two antagonists who are like very handsome men without shirts going like, we want to meet the humans on the moon. I'm like, no, please don't suck suddenly. Don't yeah. get bad. <laughs> but it, it only gets better. Um, yeah. And I think that those those two characters actually prove to be very good villains. Yeah, um, they are. Especially, uh, I've only fought Adam at this point, but oh, that boss fight. That was... Yeah, I have expected to that become arena like, too is beautiful. The arena and his fashion in that moment felt like the new iPhone. You know, like, like, <laughs> to be like yeah. customers want efficiency. What is what yeah. is the core of the human experience? Conflict, right? We have that here. Yeah, um, as you can see, 9S is having a great time up there, uh, <laughs> and I want you to kill me. So please, <laughs> if you haven't played the game, I'm not I'm not spitballing this. This is this is on brand for the game. But yeah, I. Yeah. I'm really into it. I'm I'm also surprised at how much I'm loving this game. It, it it does like Red Dead, the expectations you go in, especially this game, like if you're familiar with, with robot stuff like I am, mm-hmm. you're gonna be surprised at how often you're like, Whoa, what just happened? Yeah. And, I think I don't one really of the things say much more, but that I, I, I won't say too much, but one of the things that I think you're gonna really connect with, um, is that this game gets compared a lot to Undertale. Mm in its endings um interesting and, and the questions that the endings raise um i think you will be into it uh when you finally see the first real ending ending a i guess it is and then start moving your way through yeah i did see some parallels there was one side quest i did where it was like it was a capture these yora yora is the organization you work for yes um, capture yeah, these yeah. betrayers and i did and then like I killed them and it was kind of sad. And then I just heard like mission accomplished. And INS is like, whoa, we just killed them. Yeah. And then like, what really was eerie is I reported back to command and, oh, actually I checked in because allegedly they were stealing from the resistance camp. So I checked in with the resistance camp and they were like, we don't know about that, but like, thanks if they were. And then you call command and they're like, I don't have information on this. And it's like, oh man. I mean, another expectation is like, if you're playing a JRPG and you're part of some empire that wears all black, you could probably bet that they are not the good guys. Um, But at the same time, I'm still continuously asking like who is, you know, this game is so much more nuanced than like who is good or bad. Like as soon as you think you kind of know what's going on, they throw you for another loop. And there's a lot of really beautiful, um, just everything visually is so thematic. like you know just there's that quick shot of uh i won't spoil it but there's one character who just lost another one at this like weird dinner table in the middle of nowhere and there's like a chandelier in the middle i was like whoa that is so like it's very quick and they don't bother explaining it which i i love like this game does not waste any time that's one thing i i i love persona 5 but there's about 40 hours of that game just devoted to ryuji asking what's happening um <laughs> so like you know like yeah i really appreciate that even 9s who is sort of the ryuji of this game it, it he he's less so much like he knows what's happening he's just sort of more of like the human placeholder he's like the watson to to be sherlock if you will right um where like he's kind of a placeholder for the player being like hey that was kind of weird wasn't it and to is like not now i have another mission to do yeah um, which I, I love that dynamic um I also feel like at first I was kind of, I was like, oh, why am I like, I wasn't really put off by it, but I was just sort of like interesting that I'm like this fighter Android dressed as a maid, basically. Um, There's a lot of like, you know, maid parallels, but what that kind of brings up is like, and also all the battle androids are blindfolded. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very rare. You see a character that doesn't have a blindfold on and it feels very purposeful. It's like, oh, like, when I meet a character who isn't blindfolded, like what, what are they up to kind of thing? Yeah. Um, or what do they know that I don't know? So very simple stuff, but it goes a long way. And the whole maid outfit, I mean, the androids think that they were built in humanity's image and that they are there 
to help humanity return to earth. Um, but being dressed as a maid, it, it's like, I wonder if your creation matches your current responsibility. Like what were you created as and what are you doing now? And I'm sure the game will get further into that. Not that like, I don't need to know why I'm in like a maid outfit. That's probably just the stylistic choice and that's fine. Um, I'm probably overthinking it, but I just think even something like that, that could have just been like pandery feels yeah. intentional. Um, it, it makes thematic sense. And yeah, I think even the fact that you're asking yourself that question. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think that that's, you know, what, what this genre of sci-fi can do really well is like, just leave you with sort of haunting visuals and maybe not give you an answer. Um, the moment I was right. alluding to earlier, uh, the slight spoilers, but it is earlier. It's early enough in the game. You know, you're fighting all these machines. They kind of look like Wally esque machinations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're basically, and that's what's interesting too, is the androids are mechanical, but they see themselves as not mechanical, even though they like refer to downloading memories and stuff. Like they consider themselves, yeah, like sentient beings. Um, Q fighting the machines and then they suddenly start talking and they're saying things like ow 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 please stop I'm afraid and you're yep. like oh like it was very effective very familiar though it's like okay like maybe there's more going on there than meets the eye then it cuts you keep following them in the desert into their like hideout and then it cuts to the machines all freaking out in different ways one is the shaking an empty baby carriage mm -hmm. Two are pantomiming the actions of sex. And then they're all just saying like, this cannot keep happening basically. Yeah. And then they come together, start glowing and give birth to a human looking Android. And that's the moment that worked for me. I know it makes <laughs> it sound like a weirdo, but I was like, this is so cool. This is so weird. I think mm -hmm. that's, I don't know. I just like loved how strange it got. But it also made it, it makes sense. Like these are very simple themes. They're I mean not simple themes. They're very they're very they're very like dense themes that almost all art is devoted to trying to understand. It's simple execution though. Like when you see something right. that weird happening, like you know what the intention is. And even if I don't know plot wise what's happening, the feeling I get feels like it's the feeling they wanted me to have. Yeah. Um so that kind of sense of direction. Oh man. And I just, so the most recent thing I did was an abandoned robot factory, which was not abandoned. That whole like dungeon, if you will, was one of the most like exciting and emotionally draining experiences I've had in a game in a long time. Mm. And the music is, I, I feel like I, I sound like a, like just kissing my fingers, but like the, the battle theme birth of a wish, if you haven't heard it, it's like the best battle music like <laughs> i've heard in a long time it has like mad max fury road drums and like an operatic chorus i love it and then i love when games do this where there's a song that like keeps coming back but it gets added to a little bit every time mm -hmm. they do that a lot in undertale and they do that in uh this one where you keep hearing the machines go become as gods become, become as, as gods yeah uh, uh, i want that to be my ringtone um it won't because i'll be that's not a great you'll get kicked out of every cafe you okay <laughs> go to hi uh venti cold brew no no get out of here <laughs> why oh, you're the become as god's guy yeah we have your picture <laughs> printed out in the back just a cup of joe will do <laughs> hey have you heard that tune on the gramophone uh, become as gods <laughs> um but as you can as you can see i i really love this game i'm very excited to to get deeper into it and the thing is, talking about this after talking about Red Dead 2, both games I really like and really admire, I'm trying to think, like, what is it about Nier Automata that, that, that makes it so much higher on my list to, like, jump right back into? Yeah. And I think, at least for me, at least for me right now, it is that feeling of, I need to see what happens next, mm -hmm. you know? Um, I think Red Dead purposely feels like just this vacant, beautiful landscape. I mean, it feels very lived in very yeah. human but i'm not really that excited to see i mean i am invested in the story and i'm very curious to see where it goes but just like the episodic in your face nature of, of near automata and sort of the the story being the anchor of it whereas red dead 2 and this is not to say one is better than the other but red dead 2 i feel like the story and the moments you have organically 
the hunting and playing cards and the side quests all feel like they're on the same level, which is really fascinating. Um, yeah. and, and that's an interesting approach to an open world game. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to draw parallels and, and, and what I notice about, cause I think if I were to draw any similarities, it's expectation being, you know, superseded and, mm-hmm. um, you know, what, what, what kind of genre defying or redefining thing are we doing here? Um, yeah. so, and I think both games do kind of have a self-awareness of their medium where like near has sort of the fourth wall breaking ending stuff. But Red Dead 2 has real characters talking about stuff that sounds as if Rockstar is addressing their library of games, like right. you said earlier. Yeah. Um, I think you'll find as you play more of Nier that the MO of that game is just going above and beyond, like in every aspect, you know, between the music and having 26 different endings. Um, <laughs> I, I do want to warn you about one thing with that game is that after you finish it the first time, when you get the first official ending, I don't consider this a spoiler, but when you finish the first uh, playthrough, the second playthrough is almost exactly identical. Yeah, that's actually, talk about Undertale, that's pretty much how Undertale is if you do the pacifist route after the neutral one, because mm-hmm. it doesn't really get different until the last kind of hour yeah. or so. Um, yeah. Um, See, I'll, I mean, I'll imagine I'll probably put it down for a bit and then go back into it. Um, and yeah. I didn't get to do a lot of this because there's a point where um, I did a couple side quests, but I was like, I, I got to be honest. I just want to see what happens. Like, I don't really want to mm-hmm. like find eight screws for the supply dealer. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. I mean, I did it. Uh, and there are some cool side quests. Like I, I did one where um, uh, one of the operators on the ship, she's like, hey, like uh did 11b get back okay and you're like no she was shot down 2b mm-hmm. does not know how to handle like emotional conversations very right. well <laughs> like no she was shot down and smithereens beyond mm-hmm. repair it's like you can just say no um yeah but you have to basically find her her like whatever remains of her basically her black box which is like their mm-hmm. brain essentially um or like their data uh so you do and on the black box you find her memories and it was listed that she was going to run away that she was going to des- gonna be deserve a comeback yeah so when you go back the operator is like hey so me and her were actually in a relationship and like she was the bravest person like i ever knew and that's why i fell in love with her like thank you for giving this to me and you could choose to tell her i didn't because yeah. i'm like that just feels evil um mm-hmm. but so the side quests have some some emotional weight to them as well but i just i at least because i i knew that there were multiple playthroughs i just wanted to keep going so hopefully i can do some of the ones i missed on the second time around yeah my first playthrough was like all side quests all everything like that that playthrough took forever and then i <laughs> found out that the second playthrough was like almost exactly the same as the first i was like ah maybe i shouldn't have done that all in the first go but yeah I uh, so I finished the first two playthroughs. I also got the two endings that you're talking about, and I think maybe another one on top of that. Um, but I have not played more than that. But now I really want to after hearing you wax poetic about it. Because uh, <laughs> I was trying to be cool, I'm, like about right it, back like, into it. Yeah, yeah, it's just. Uh, I mean, I I feel like this game has a lot of room to to let the player down if that makes any sense like i feel like hack and slash Mm. games can tend to feel monotonous this never does it never does it always feels like you are in control of what's happening and like every battle has weight i forgot to mention too there there are moments where you get hacked and it reverts to like it looks like your menu it's all monochromatic and you have to like it's like asteroid you have like shoot like obstacles coming your way and just like there's one boss fight where that's introduced where it's like, this just feels like a, a ballet of, of genre changing combat. It yeah. is, and, and they do it just by changing the camera and it just shows you how, how effective that is. Did you do, um, um, there's like a Castlevania bit. Did you do that? Oh yeah. With the, with the robots defending their King. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. yeah, that was, that was awesome. I, yeah, I guess that, yeah, that was like, it became a Metroidvania suddenly. Um, yeah. Ah, uh, so good. Um, yeah, and like it's it has just enough cheese to kind of make me laugh sometimes, Arena, which oh, is yeah. kind of well, kind of well needed because the story is so sad and so dramatic that like 
9S being like, hey, you can call me nines if you want. Or uh, I love right. your operator 6O. Um, she's a well-needed ray of sunlight in this dreary world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very. I knew I was going to enjoy it, but I'm very surprised like how much I love it. Like this was probably. I know it came out last year. I feel like if I played this, I mean, I'm just constantly reminded how good last year was. Like, this year was good too, but I feel yeah. like last year there were just so many incredible games that came out. Um, yeah, imagine if you and I had played both Near and Hollow Knight last year when they came. That's out. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. on the same time as like Breath of the Wild and. All that it's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'll report again once I finish it because I I'm sure I'll have more to say once I experience kind of the the moments that other people seem to highlight for this game. Yeah. Um I'm trying to think if I had anything else to say about it. Um in case you wanted to hear anything else. I'm pretty much I've just been gushing about it for three hours. <laughs> uh I guess in terms of recommending it, I feel like it does do a lot to be accessible on multiple fronts. You can, like I'm playing on medium and it feels pretty appropriate. Actually, it's kind of funny the the text when you choose the difficulty medium is like the, the normal amount of difficulty probably. Um, <laughs> and then I think on easy or something, um, there are a lot, there's a lot of customization with the difficulty where like your pod, uh, you can choose to have the pod be like automatically controlled so you can just focus on one thing yeah your pod Um, is like a little turret that follows you around yeah exactly which you normally like one button controls that so it takes some getting used to but it's not too hard but if it was hard there's a workaround um same with uh if you want a very challenging thing i think on very hard you die in one hit which seems insane having played this game as long as i have i can't imagine i'm sure it has happened I'm sure there's a million YouTube videos of it happening, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine playing this game and not getting hit once. That just yeah. that's a whole other level of 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 terrific. skill required. It's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somehow that seems like the least attainable thing like ever. Like out, even outside. But of you know video that somebody games. did it with the Donkey Konga bongos already, <laughs> you know? Hey guys, flipping scratch. We're gonna play the rock band drums and beat near automaton very hard. Um, <laughs> we hooked up some jumper cables to Jello. <laughs> We're gonna beat near automata using them as controllers. Also, uh, scratch gouged out my eyes. <laughs> just so I, uh, oh, that's a little bit violent. Maybe he just puts on the blindfold like to be. There you go. Um, that I'm sure. If that hasn't happened, maybe we should do it. I, I'm not gonna do it. Um, yeah. I'm getting off the rails here, but it's a great game. I would recommend it if you like action RPGs at all and are interested in sort of uh, the like, I keep saying robot stuff, but I do mean that sincerely where, you know, the whole subgenre of sci-fi where it it really questions like what makes you human and, and what defines that. Um, I think it does it really well. And, and, uh, you know, you, you, it's hard to it's hard to do that well because I feel like it's been it's been done a lot. Um, I'm normally not someone who thinks less of any kind of story because it's been done a lot because it's all about execution. But I think like the whole what makes you human thing has been done almost to death, literally. Yeah. Uh, and this game feels like a it feels like a very fresh take on that. So. Yeah. And I think outside of that, like if that doesn't interest you, the reason that I picked the game up initially was just purely because of the way it kind of breaks convention in being a video game and the way it kind of references the medium in a lot of interesting ways. Um, and I think if that's a thing that you're interested in, uh, that is also a great reason to pick it up and it's apparently cheap now. Yeah. 20 bucks. So yeah. I want it to come out for switch. Why is it not on switch yet? That'd be great. I would play that on switch. That'd be a fun switch game. It doesn't oh, you know what? Too... just got teased for switch today what got, what got teased uh switch? skyward sword oh really yeah interesting i i feel like i would definitely try that because i feel like if i'm gonna do i, I so seldom plug my wii back in yeah you know? uh so that might be good to have i would like to give that game another chance i wonder if they'll just ditch the motion controls i wonder if they'll make well it's hard to because link runs around with his sword as if it's a wiimote as we yeah. discussed like right um and the whole game is is kind of built around that which i think is if you're gonna do a zelda with motion controls you should build the game around it yeah Um, i agree although i didn't mind in twilight princess where like you could use it to aim the bow and 
then just shaking it did the sword stuff. That was fine yeah. by me. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Scarlet Sword, it's solid. It's just not my favorite. Yeah. I'd be interested to play it again. That might be a good episode. We could revisit yeah. it in Old Zelda. Yeah. <laughs> We're both just like, <laughs> sorry, partner, you caught me drifting off to the stars. Let yeah. me tell you a story about the first horse I found. <laughs> Bling, there was a horse named Maureen. She had a mane. <laughs> Don't leave. You like, it looks like you were leaving the room. Because I had my eyes closed. Because I was so nervous. I was just leaning that. back in, in the old chair and letting that happen. <laughs> That's like half this show. So you're just <laughs> leaving me to spiral downwards. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I really like both games we talked about. I'd recommend yes. them to it's still hard for me to recommend both to like everyone um because i do think they both feel like they're for a niche audience as well and also like why am i bothering recommending red dead 2 it's like the most sold thing ever like <laughs> <laughs> like no one's waiting on like oh steven liked it i want to buy it now and that's not why you recommend stuff it just sort of like to really think about like who is this who would enjoy this kind of thing <laughs> what are you laughing at I'm just thinking, like, like, oh, Stephen recommended planes. Stephen recommended plates this week. I think I might get some of those. I thought you said planes, the, like, straight-to-video uh, CGI movie starring Dan Cook. Nope. I, I don't it's, even know what that is. Uh, it's a Disney movie. It's straight-to-video. It's like an offshoot of cars. They're like, well, why not planes? Oh, my God, really? Yeah, it exists. Look it up. Thank me later. And do I recommend it? I haven't seen it, so I can't. <laughs> I'm amazed that Disney allowed Dane Cook to be in a movie. It is like there's, it's like the subsidiary that just does the straight to video stuff like, you know, Lion King one and a half and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. That, that just seems like pure profit on their part. Like like, <laughs> they clearly put less money into them. They're like, ah, people will buy like laser discs of this in a bin. So like, you know, why not make planes? Uh, Dane Cook's character's name in Planes is Dusty Crop Hopper. <laughs> How much do we have to pay a Square Enix to have Dusty Crop Hopper be a summon in Kingdom Hearts 3? <laughs> or maybe uh, he's the way you get around. He's like, screw the gummy shit, man. I'm Dusty, Cr- <laughs> Dusty Crop Hopper. Oh, please. What's the plot? Oh, I would love to tell you. Does, is he a plane that doesn't know how to fly? Because that would be incredible. Um, <clears throat> cue uh, harpsichord. <laughs> Dusty Crop Hopper is a little crop duster plane with a fear of heights and a crazy dream of being a racer. While his friends need convincing, Dusty gets the training he needs from Skipper, a veteran fighter, and qualifies for the Wings Across the World race. In the event... Dusty finds competitors who soon learn that there is something special about this underdog as he is tested to his physical and emotional limits. In doing so, Dusty soon finds <laughs> Dusty soon finds enemies. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and more importantly, friends. <laughs> oh my god. Who are inspired by his dream. In the face of all obstacles, the winner of this air race will be anyone's guess. Oh my god. This this whole time I've been listening to you and I'm also looking at the plane's Wikipedia to find some good passage to read as a horse. Which is a sentence I never thought I'd say, but here I am. This is planes, despite negative reception, gross <laughs> ninety thousand to not not oh my god. Planes made ninety million dollars. Wait, really? Yeah. And the budget was zero. It was a student project. <laughs> It made uh, it made two hundred thirty nine million of a fifty million budget. So you know they spent like ten dollars on marketing. Wow. Um, so yeah, that made a lot of money. It's probably just you know the ten dollars was just putting it at the checkout bin at like <laughs> Rite Aid. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, planes. Well, I think that just about does it for us this week. I think so. Here on the Aether. Here in the aether, yeah, we we finally we finally read the review and plot summary of Dane Cook's planes. <laughs> You've all been asking for it. You've all been emailing us, writing us fan letters, sending things to our PO box. 
This is what happens when you don't have something on the table, Brendan. Yeah. (laughs) And we don't come with enough prepared. Yeah, peek behind the curtain. Brendan's sick this week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm sorry to throw you under the bus there. It's Uh, okay. I'll Uh, throw you under the plane. Throw you off the plane. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I will say, next week, when I have the mental fortitude to talk about it, uh, I've been playing a lot of Civ Six, and also mm. uh, I am I'm at I'm at an interesting point in Pokemon Let's Go Eevee where I have visited all the towns, but I only have four badges because uh, I just remembered that you could do that in Pokemon Red and Blue. So uh, I have been everywhere there is to go, but I have not fought all the gyms yet. Ah, uh, so you have uh, who's the fifth gym? Um, Sabrina. Sabrina, that's a tough one. Yes. She's definitely the father Gascoigne of palette of, of Pokemon Red and Blue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Erica's pretty tough too, actually, if, if memory serves. It depends who you have. But yeah. at least as a as a child, as a baby, mm-hmm. as a little kid, I found uh, Erica pretty tough. So. Yeah. I had Narcanine with me, so I was all right. You were fine. Yeah. <laughs> The grisly image of you walk into this like plant based gym and just walking out with this like smoking a cigarette and it just burns down <laughs> with your big dog just howling at the moon. I was riding the dog into the gym because you can do that. Oh man, I gotta get this game. Uh, once I get it, maybe we can talk more about it once you uh, beat the Elite Four and I finally pick it up. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Shall we wrap? As we say every week, thanks again for listening. It, it, it truly means a lot. Um, Brendan is waving a pen at me as I, as I try to send you genuine thanks. It's made of rubber, Stephen. It's made of rubber. Let <laughs> me tell you the rubber pen trick. You know a cowboy invented that, probably. <laughs> Partner, you don't want this silver pen back. It's made of rubber. <laughs> Let right. me take that off your hands. Let me take that off your hands, partner. <laughs> hey, and then it's like, wait, who put planes in my pocket? I don't want to watch this. <laughs> That's what I call the old sleight of hand. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, truly, thank you for listening. Brent and I have a lot of fun recording this, and you listening means a lot. Um, if you like the show, sharing it obviously is the best way to help it get a wider audience. Writing an iTunes review, I know that's what everyone asks for, but it is the, that's the tried and true formula, partner. <laughs> Let me tell you a thing or two about starting a podcast. <laughs> it, I think a cowboy at the campfire is the original podcast, isn't it? I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, this is why you do the sign-off, because I just get so distracted by my own thoughts and No, this is, this is extremely good. This is another um, instance where I'm just sitting back and letting it happen. Yeah, but... We really appreciate you. I mean that sincerely. This is a goofy episode, but we do really appreciate listening, and I hope you've enjoyed this one. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> I echo. I echo all of. Well, okay. I, What's up? No, no, no. I I agree with all of that. I yeah. It's it's truly a a blessing. That sounds sarcastic. It's not. I it really does mean a lot that so many people listen to this all the time. Um, Absolutely. So thank you. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you greatly, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Yes. Uh, And I hope you've enjoyed this. Me too. Goodbye. Goodbye. TWG, the worst garbage dot online.